are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Thursday. You're listening to the Locked On Wildcat Sports Podcast. John Schuster again filling in for Mike Luke. Mike should return here in fairly short order, so we'll get back to some semblance of normalcy as far as the uh, Locked On Wildcat Sports Podcast is concerned. Although if you've listened to this podcast on any regular basis, it is pretty much uh, anything but normal. Arizona men's basketball in action. Early tip-off tonight. Uh, Arizona taking on Oregon State. 5.30 tip-off at uh, McHale Center. And uh, at the beginning of the year, this is one of those that may have had the makings of being kind of an interesting game where perhaps the dynamic was changed a little bit and expectations to some degree have been flip-flopped. Most of us expected that Arizona was going to be a better basketball team this year. There was enough returning talent on the roster that, you know, you had you had, you had the belief that Arizona was going to be a fringe top 25 team throughout the course of the year. Based on the way things went last year for Oregon State in March, by, for lack of a better way of putting it, marching through the Pac-12 tournament to win that in impressive fashion, and then advancing to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, uh, it looked like with many of those pieces returning, Oregon State was set up to have another good season as well. And then reality set in. That hasn't happened whatsoever. So what was supposed to happen was that Oregon State was going to come into here with a pretty decent record and a top five uh, place in conference play, and Arizona was going to be kind of right in that mix as well, maybe needing a win to enhance its NCAA resume to some degree. Uh, But instead, Arizona's NCAA resume is impressive. And Oregon State's season has been nothing short of a disaster. And if you look at this from an overall surprise standpoint, It's hard to argue that Oregon State isn't the biggest surprise in this conference. And they're the biggest surprise in this league for the wrong reasons. And it doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Even when you watch them, there's talent on that roster. There's athleticism on that roster. Wayne Tinkle should be a good coach. Seems like he knows what he's doing. Uh, Obviously, last year they they peaked at the right time. But even even before then, you know, for most of the regular season, they, they weren't very good. And then and then got hot at the right time and were able to parlay it into something good. Is this Oregon State team going to be able to duplicate that? That seems like a long shot at best. It's been a tough year in Corvallis and a tough year for the Beaver program. And they come into McHale Center, you know, hoping that they can make something happen, but being absolutely up against it uh, with a basketball team in an arena that is known as the toughest place in the conference to play, uh, with a squad that is playing with the utmost confidence right now. Arizona is a freight train at the moment, and they are very impressive. And they can get on some serious runs and put teams away uh, in short order. Oregon State's a team that has problems doing pretty much everything at this stage, and their overall record is, without a doubt, indicative of that situation. But... Uh, 
So confidence is one of those things that Arizona has and Oregon State does not. So if Arizona can lock them down defensively and score in fairly easy order uh, on the other end, this could be a one-sided game uh, fairly quickly. For the Beavers to have a chance or to keep it representative, obviously they have to play hard-nosed defense, limit transition, and uh, pretty much keep Arizona in front of them and limit runs and do all the things that a lot of other teams have not been able to do. But the way that Arizona has been able to play and has played at this stage, there would be reason to believe that perhaps, based on the way that the U of A played against the Washington schools, and that there's a big matchup with Oregon looming on the horizon Saturday, that maybe Arizona would overlook a team like the Beavers and might be a little sluggish. Thing is, even if all of that's true, Arizona seems poised to get uh, what should be a fairly convincing W at McHale Center. The issue for Oregon State is how spirited can it keep things uh, because if they believe that they're in a position to duplicate what they did last year, this would be a nice game to give them a little bit of a confidence boost to feel like they could actually play at this level. But it seems like based on the way that Arizona plays that that is an unlikely outcome. Obviously, uh, we'll talk about the Oregon State game on tomorrow's Locked on Wildcat podcast and look ahead to a very interesting Oregon matchup Saturday as well. However, at this moment, want to discuss NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, what happens? Your hat falls over your eyes. Your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use it. And as a New Year's special, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade Upgrade. And the way to do this, and it helps Locked On as well, is netsuite.com backslash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for a special one-of-a-kind offer. So if you're in need of finance software for your business, NetSuite, unquestionably the place to go. So one of the things happening this weekend is that uh, one of the Oregon schools appear to be on the fringe of uh, still needing some help and still needing to play well, but I would suggest a probable NCAA uh, tournament team once the smoke clears. That team, by the way, is obviously not Oregon State, Arizona's opponent tonight. That team is uh, the Oregon Ducks, who have won, I think now it's 11 out of 13 games, and somehow are still somewhere near the uh, bubble line as far as some bracketologists, uh, mock bracket folk, are concerned. But I think it's likely, based on the talent and the trajectory that Oregon's going to be in the NCAA tournament, and probably one of only four teams from this conference, a conference that put last year four teams in the Sweet 16 and three in the Elite Eight uh, into uh, the NCAA tournament, and they're going to get no love with potential bubble teams. Uh, There are some other... 
I think it's a decent league overall. And the middle ground is pretty good. I think the middle ground's pretty deep. And and they're, and night in and night out amongst those middle teams, you can get a lot of decent competition in this conference. But it's not getting the love of the SEC, who seems to have a lot more leeway when it comes to what are considered good or bad losses. It doesn't seem to have the leeway of the ACC, which falls under that same category. Outside of Duke, has the ACC been particularly impressive? But it's probably going to get a lot of teams in the field. Uh, you know, you look at the Big Ten, I think Purdue's really good. Okay, I think Illinois is good, but the, they're going to get a crap load of at-large bids into the field. And if you look at, you know, beyond maybe the top four or five in the Big Ten, are those middle teams really significantly better than the middle teams in the Pac-12? I'm not so sure. feel largely the same way about the Big 12. Baylor's great. Kansas is great. Uh, Texas Tech has some r- excellent victories. Uh, then there's some good teams. I don't want to, I don't want to say bad things about a lot of the other teams in these other conferences, but I think they're getting a lot more love than the Pac-12 is, and I'm not sure they necessarily deserve it at the mid-level. But all that aside, the reality in front of us is this: looks like the Pac-12 is going to get four teams in the NCAA tournament, and if Oregon falls on hard times, it could be three. But how well can those four teams from the conference fare? And I would suggest that there's a decent to good chance that you could get, again, all four of those teams playing in the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. Because this is a top-heavy league, and those teams present some matchup problems for a lot of other teams once you finally get out of conference play. Arizona is obvious. The Cats are going to be a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament, barring something catastrophic uh, and highly unlikely. Their style of play and their defense and their size is an absolute pain for any team that they come up against. Are there teams that can take advantage of some mismatches here and there? Sure. But those teams are really high. Those teams have favorable seeds as well. So it would be a surprise to a lot of people if Arizona as a one or two seed isn't playing into the second weekend of the tournament. We understand the matchups that Arizona brings to the equation. What about UCLA? Last year, a Final Four team, possibly more veteran leadership than any other team in college basketball. Resilient. You can never kill them. Always around. The cockroaches of college basketball, and I mean that in the kindest possible way. UCLA is a tough out and has good talent on the wings, a good backcourt, solid play on the inside. That's probably the thing that's ultimately going to work against them and be their demise. Uh, But that veteran leadership goes a long way, and they play with a lot of confidence as well. So I think UCLA has every reason to believe that they're going to have a favorable seed and uh, should be alive come the second weekend of the tournament. Let me get into the other couple interesting ones, and I think they advance by virtue of being matchup nightmares. USC is a pain. They're as tall as Arizona, probably more athletic, not as deep, uh, but their defense plays. And you've got a guy in Mobley who can get things going on the defensive end. They can make the game ugly. They're inconsistent on the offensive end, but they're almost guaranteed to cause you to have to cause the opposition to have bad performances as well. And their height, combined with athleticism, is something that other NCAA tournament teams just don't see. 
it helps if you've seen USC. If you don't, if if they're unfamiliar to you, they can be a very big problem. And I think there's reason to believe, as a result of those factors, that uh, they're a team that you do not want to see across from you in your bracket. Which leaves Oregon. You know what? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do something? Let's wait on Oregon for for the other side, and then we'll talk about something kind of returning uh, to uh, Arizona football before we wrap up today's podcast. Uh, if you maybe want to take a look at some futures odds in regards to how Pac-12 teams might fare in the NCAA tournament, place to go, the Bet Online Sportsbook. Check out the Bet Online Sportsbook, a sponsor of the Locked on Wildcats podcast. All right, back for our final segment of the day. One team that we didn't get to as far as the uh, Pac-12 tournament dwellers are concerned, the University of Oregon. Uh, The Ducks were horrible at the beginning of the year. They've come around. That should surprise exactly nobody. If it surprises anybody, they haven't been paying a lick of attention to what Dana Altman has done uh, at Oregon. Oregon is the model of what to expect from college basketball as a whole now that team, now, now that players can transfer all over the place. A very inconsistent product all the way into about the end of January, and then teams are going to gel and come together and hopefully improve uh, to make it more entertaining ultimately down the stretch. That's, what ha- that's what's been happening at Oregon. Dana Altman is a master at this, and the Ducks look like they are coming into form to some degree too. Two or three weeks ago, they got uh, victories at USC and UCLA, bolstered by the benefit of not having crowds in attendance due due to protocols in Southern California, but Oregon still got the W, and it's a neutral site game. And the Ducks won at neutral site locations. Since then, Oregon has kind of leveled off a bit. They haven't been as dominant as it appears they could be, and they still have some issues closing out games. Uh, The other night... Uh, while they were in relative control against a decent Washington State team, they never really could put them away, and Washington State even had an opportunity to tie the game on a last-second three-point effort when Oregon turned the ball over. So the Ducks are by no means at the top of their game, but from an overall athleticism standpoint, absolutely, they, they will back down to absolutely nobody in college basketball. Monstrous on the inside, explosive on the wings, can run up and down the floor. Their backcourt is dynamic. And if they can get it to fit together, Oregon is going to be a nightmare in this tournament. They're going to be one of those teams that possibly, depending on how the tournament committee sees things, they might even pull UCLA and give them and put them into a play-in game. That would be a disaster for teams across from them. And then see how the gauntlet goes and whether they can... Uh, deal with uh, in some in that first weekend circumstance have to play three games uh, over the course of the first week but depending on what their seating is and their seating should be better than play-in worthy I think they've definitely played better than that and all you have to do is I test Oregon and see that they're better than that uh, you're in a situation uh, where that is a team that you want nothing to deal with and if they can get things together and they've still got about a month to do it if they can really come come into their own, Oregon can be a serious tournament team. Not just as an upset, but a dark horse to make a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament. So while the Pac-12 isn't going to have a lot of teams in the field, those teams that will get there, I think, have every reason to believe that deep runs 
could be in the equation, and maybe that's good news for a conference that still needs some good news on a national scale. Wanted to take just a brief moment to talk about Arizona football and the Wildcats recruiting class and the importance uh, for Arizona fans and the Arizona administration to maintain patience. It was an excellent recruiting class for the Wildcat football team, but bringing in a lot of youngsters and giving them a lot of playing time while that's a good thing is not necessarily, and probably is not, a recipe for immediate success. So from a fan standpoint, maintain a little uh, patience, enjoy the players and look at them from a potential standpoint, and even if Arizona suffers its share of losses in the upcoming season, and it probably will, recognize what they have in the fold as uh, players with good potential uh, as Arizona football tries to build this thing. Now, one recruiting class is in the books. It's a matter of being able to string other recruiting classes like this together to provide the depth that Arizona and Jed Fish ultimately needs to get Arizona moving in a positive direction and being a real player in a conference landscape as far as the overall situation of football is concerned, which is a heck of a lot better position than we have long since become accustomed to a program that has obviously struggled for most of the last 20 years. All right, that'll do it. We'll have another Locked On Wildcat podcast for you tomorrow. Talk about uh, the Oregon State game and look ahead to uh, the Oregon matchup, and uh, we'll see where things take us from there. Again, thanks for listening to the Locked On Wildcat Sports Podcast.